Well, thank the Lord for the talent that he's brought into this church. Singers and the players and the prayers and the, all the people that are so involved in the ministry in whatever, whatever position, preachers, singers, just thankful for all the talent that God's brought in. We're going to open our book Bibles tonight to the 107th Psalm. I may have preached on this before, I don't really remember. 107. It's only got 43 verses. Stand with me if you would tonight as we read. We're not going to read all of it. We'll read a part of it. We may end up reading all of it before I'm done. But we're going to start tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray, O God, that your blessings would be upon the reading of your word, O God. <laughs> For it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And God, I pray tonight, Father God, from the very reading of your word, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit, God, would begin to shake our spirits and shake our minds, build our faith, O oh God. Leave us walking out of here tonight, O oh God, ten foot tall and full of the power of God. Thank you, Lord God, for the beautiful things that you've done tonight, God. Thank you for the lovely service that we've had, O oh God. Thank you for the powerful prayers that have gone up, God. Thank you, Lord God, for the singing and the, the shouting and everything that's been done, O oh God. You've been so good tonight, Father. And Lord, I pray now, bless your word, O God, as we read tonight, Father, and bless the preaching in Jesus' name. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, the west, the north, and the south, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses and led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Thank you for blessing your word, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. You know in life or anything else that we do, it's a lot easier to focus on the things that are not done than to remember the things that have been done. It's a lot easier to remember the job that you got passed over for than to remember the job that God gave you that you didn't deserve. It's a lot easier to remember the bad things and forget about the good things. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God is good and his mercy endures forever. And if you would just think about the good things that God has done for you, then the redeemed of the Lord would say so. <laughs> would say so. Would say that he's my God, my Lord, and my Savior. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's blessed me when I didn't deserve to be blessed. He saved me when I didn't deserve to be saved. He rescued me when I didn't deserve to be rescued. He gave me power and anointing. He caused me to walk upon the wings of the wind and set me in high places. Why? Because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! My God, hallelujah. He says right here in this scripture, he says, they gathered them out of the lands, the east, the west, the north, and the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. And sometimes we find ourselves there. 
We find ourselves in a place of frustration. We find ourselves where we're trying and trying and trying and nothing's working. We're trying and we, we find ourselves in a place where other people seem to be blessed. There's nothing worse for, than for somebody to get a shouting hallelujah blessing and you don't feel nothing. There's nothing worse than that, in my opinion. Because if they're being blessed, then I want to be blessed. If their cup's overflowing, I want my cup to overflow. If the Spirit of the Lord is moving, I got my hand up saying, God, how about me, Lord? But you know, sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes we walk through a valley. Sometimes we go through a hard time. Sometimes we go through those times whenever we can't. We don't feel like God's listening to us. Sometimes we go in those situations and we go in those solitary places and we go in those hard places and we get hungry and thirsty and our souls faint within us. But if we cry unto the Lord in our trouble and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, then we will find that he will deliver us out of all our distresses. I have lived long enough to see God move in my life. I have lived long enough to watch God answer prayers in your life. I have lived long enough to watch victorious, wonderful, powerful things happen in this church with you as God has moved and promised and given us direction and touched us and called us and ministered to us and God is doing great things in our midst and the redeemed of the Lord should say so. To give God praise. Isn't that what he says? He says in verse 8, he said, He led them forth, 7, by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. What does he do? He satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. You ever been happy when nobody else is? You ever been unconcerned when everybody else is wringing their hands? Have you ever been in the position that you're trying to figure out what everybody else is so afraid of? Why is that? It's because God has filled the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness. There's nothing good in me. There's nothing good in me. I've seen me without Jesus. It's not pretty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I'm impatient. I'm, I'm, I'm quick-tempered. I shoot off my mouth when I should keep it shut. When the Lord's not helping me, then I do things that's not pretty. But you know what? When I let the Lord help me and he satisfies my longing soul and fills my hungry soul with goodness, then he makes me likable. He makes me to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He can cause me to rejoice when everybody else is wringing their hands. Oh, sometimes I feel like a, a, a weirdo because everybody else is saying, oh, what about this and what about this? And I'm saying, I don't know. What, 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 what are we supposed to be afraid of? I'm not sure. Why? Because the Lord's given me peace in the midst of a trouble, peace in the midst of a sorrow, peace in the midst of despair, to know that my God is greater than anything that can come against me. He is my rock. He is my sword. He is my shield. He is my prayer answerer. He's my deliverer. He's my way maker. He's the lover of my soul. His banner over me is love. My God. Woo. He's not against me. He's for me. He's not trying to destroy me. He's not up there with lightning bolts waiting on me to mess up so he can drill me. My God, he loves me. He gave his only begotten son for me. Oh, let the, get, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy 
endures forever. The psalmist goes on to talk about, I'm spitting all over my Bible. The psalmist goes on to talk about those that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and irons. Because why? Because they rebelled against the word of the Lord and they contemned the counsel of the Most High. Now that, that word contemned, I don't know what yours says, but this one says contemned. And that word, C-O-N-T-E-M-E-D, there's a condemned and there's a contemned. And contemned with a T means that you knew it was wrong and you did it anyway. That's what this word means. They contemned the counsel of the Most High. They knew what he was supposed to do. They understood the consequences of what they did. And they knowingly and willingly condemned and rebelled against what God had said. And whenever you do that, you put yourself down, their heart with labor, they fell down, and there was none to help. When you're running from the Lord, that's the most difficult place that you can ever be. There is no place of quietness. There's no place of rest. There's no place of happiness. There's no peace. When you wake up, it's just as bad as when you went to bed. There's, 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 there's nothing you can do to satisfy your soul. And there is nothing worse than to be having somebody praying for you and you trying to run from God. Because every everywhere you go, you find him. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. If you think you're going to run away from the Lord, you'll run right into somebody that loves the Lord. If you're trying to get away from church, you'll find somebody running into somebody that invites you to church. Why? Because there's no worse place to be than running from God, knowing that you're doing wrong, knowing that you need to get right, knowing that you should be in church, knowing all these things. And every time you sit down to watch something, it's something that reminds you of what you're supposed to do. It's the mercies of God that does that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that continually dogs your tracks and won't let you go because he loves you and he cares about you. And if you, if you would realize that, you would say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah that God loves me. He goes on to say, I need to stay up here, don't I? He goes on to say right here that when they get to the place where there's none to help, when they reach the bottom when they find out that it does, it's not going to get any better. It only gets worse. You know, I, I, I got a story going over in my head, and I'm not going to get all the words right, and I know I'm going to miss it. And, and so I'm going to go ahead and tell it to you like I remember it, and then next time you see Daniel Spell, he can fix it. Because Daniel Spell wrote down a testimony in that praise book out there one day, and, and he didn't tell anybody around it, but he wrote it down in there. And, and it, was a, it was a praise of God saving his life. And I read it. And I read that and I said, holy cow, this is good. Because Daniel Spell wrote in the praise book in there that it was an anniversary of the day he tried to kill himself. He was in this spot. He had been brought low. His brother had, his brother had died. His whole situation come apart. Everything he did was, was, was no good, and he was down in the, in the darkness and the shadow of death. He was at that place, and he just decided that he was going to, I think he was going to take enough cocaine that he was going to kill himself. And he went and he bought an eight ball. I don't know what that is, and I don't know if I said it right, but I think that's a lot. And he went and bought it, and he did it all. And he laid down expecting to die. And a little while later, he woke up, and he was still alive, and he couldn't believe it. And so he went out and he bought another one. And he did it. And then he laid down and waited to die. And he didn't die. 
And when he woke up, he said, what in the world is wrong? I've taken enough cocaine to kill a horse. How come I'm still here? And he said he heard a voice. And the voice said, take as much as you want, son. I'm not going to let you die. <laughs> take as much as you want. I'm not going to let you die. <laughs> he was in the valley of the shadow of death. But you know what God did? They, she, he cried unto God in his trouble. And God saved him out of his distresses. And he brought him out of darkness and the shadow of death. And he broke the bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Some of you tonight have seen God do that. You've seen God break open your prison cell. You've seen God cut the bars asunder. You've seen God take away the gates of brass. He's brought you from the lowest hell. He's given you a reason to live. He's given you a reason to walk. Hallelujah. I could start calling names if you want me to. Of those of you that's given testimony of God bringing you out of drugs, out of alcohol, putting your marriages back together, touching things in your life, and maybe, maybe you did that on your own. Maybe you were running away from God and you got yourself in a situation, or maybe you just didn't know any better and you got yourself there. But when you reached the very bottom, you called out to God, hallelujah. He sobered you up, cleaned you up, put your feet back on the right path. Oh, he put a jingle in your pocket. He put a determination in your soul. He blessed you. He anointed you. My God, can't people praise God? Why can't we worship him? <laughs> Oh God, hallelujah. Woo. You know what I love about this church the very most? Besides the fact that I loved you, you know what I love you about the most? When I look across you, I see people that didn't come out of perfect situations. I see people who have come out of, 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 of terrible places. You... You, 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 you weren't raised in the, in the you, you may have been raised in church, but you got out of church. You may have been raised right, but you got out of church. Or you may not have been raised right at all. You may not have known nothing about it. But I'm telling you, God picked you up. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> when people didn't think that anything was, that you were ever going to be worth Nothing. When, when mamas didn't want their children to play with your kids. Am I talking to anybody? Couldn't that be like a tree full of young owls? When, 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 you, were, when you were down and out. <laughs> when you got to the point, my God, I'm sorry, but I'm, whew, I'm feeling camp meeting in my soul. When you got to the point that you reached the bottom <laughs> and you said there's got to be a better way than this. Surely this isn't going to be my life. <laughs> and he stepped in. He cut those bars of brass. You know what that means? Brass in the Bible always represents sin. It's a mixture. It always represents sin. Every time you read it in the Bible, it represents sin. He cut those gates of brass. You know what that is? That's when he broke your addictions. Woo! <laughs> oh, those bars of brass, they had a hold on you. 
That situation in your life that placed you in a bad place, it had a hold on you. Oh, my God. You were walking in the valley of the shadow of death. You were walking across hell on a rotten board. You were one step away from disaster. My God, but he set you free. He heard you cry. He broke your addiction. He opened up the gates. Hallelujah. And he let you have life and that more abundantly, my Lord. Hallelujah. My God, my God, what else did he do here? Fools because of their transgressions. Fools, fools. Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat and they draw near into the gates of death. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he saves them out of all their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Fools because of their transgressions. You know, sometimes we, sometimes we do things that are foolish. It seems smart at the moment, but when we get into it, we figure out it's foolish. I, I, got, I got caught up one time in this Kingdom Now philosophy. I don't know if you even know what Kingdom Now is, but back in the, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a, there was a thing that, that went around and people wrote books on it. And it sounded good. What it talked about was a great revival, and that's what caught my attention. It talked about a great revival, and it was called the kingdom now. And, and, and what it was, was was a concept that somehow we were going, the church was going to cause the world to get better and better and better until Jesus would come back to a perfect earth. And it sounded good. The way they wrote it, the way I read it, it sounded good. Didn't matter that it didn't line up with Scripture. Because it sounded good. There's a lot of people that, that follow after things that sound good even though it doesn't line up with Scripture. Because it sounds good. And it, and it talks about what they're interested in. And this talked about great revivals. This talks about the changing of the world. This talks about God moving and setting people free. This talks about all the great things that God's doing. And I liked all that. The only piece of it that I didn't listen to was the piece that said that then Jesus would come back to a perfect world. And we know that's not right. Because there's a seven-year tribulation that he comes back to the destroy that's not right. But, but because of my foolishness, because of my, 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 my not researching it, I stepped into it. And for a little while, I was involved in it. I was teaching it to youth. And suddenly I came to the realization, this is not scriptural. This is not right. Why am I teaching this? It, but I cried unto the Lord in my trouble. And he saved them out of all my distresses. And he sent his word and he healed me. And he delivered me from destruction. He kept my mind from being so afflicted and so poisoned by that bad teaching that I would embrace it. 
He kept me. Do you hear me? He kept me. He delivered me. He opened the word to my eyes. He brought things to my remembrance. He convicted my soul. He dealt with me in the way that only God can deal with you to keep you from walking down a bad road. And people today are embracing false religions. You take a person that's a Mormon. When they become teenagers, there's, there's a small percent that walk away from Mormonism. There's some that do. But if you look at the statistics, and you can look at them yourself, you know how to Google it. You can Google it, and you'll find out that there's a sm relatively small percentage that walk away from Mormonism. You'll find out there's a relatively small percentage that walks away from Jehovah's Witness. You'll find that there's a relatively very, very, very small percentage that walks away from Islam. You'll find out there's a very small percentage that walks away from Buddhism. You'll find out that there's a very small percentage of people that walk away from false religions. But when you look at Christianity, particular Pentecostal Christianity, Assemblies of God type, Church of God, Assemblies of God, uh, International Pentecostal Holiness, when you look at those denominations, you'll find out that a lot of our teenagers walk away from God when they get into their college years. Why do they do that? They, they call it, we have to, what do they call it? What's that word they use? Reconstruct. We have to reconstruct our beliefs. We have to reconstruct it. Why do they have to reconstruct it? Because it's so strange compared to the worst rest of the world. It's so strange compared to what their other friends are doing. It's so strange compared to what other college kids are doing. It's so strange. And because it's so strange, they decide that they need to reconstruct it, to reevaluate it, to deconstruct and reconstruct your religion. And I want to tell you today that teenagers, as you get into those early 20s and late teenage years and, and you get out into the world and you begin to go to college and they begin to tell you things about humanism and philosophy and they begin to try to turn your mind with psychiatry and begin to try to take you into places that you know is not right. If you're not careful, those things will start to make sense to you. It'll start to be nothing. You'll start saying, well, that's logical. And I want to tell you, you don't live in a, a, a world that's logical. You live in a world that's as under God. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say you're a new creature in Christ Jesus and you don't walk to the world's beats. You don't, li you don't listen to the same music they listen to. You don't have the same sense of values they have. You don't have those things. And it may make you feel strange, but if you'll keep walking in it and you won't get caught up in foolishness because of transgression, then you'll find that God will lead you and guide you. You can, you can, you can walk through life and you don't have to create great testimonies by talking about what depths of sin you went through. I said you can, you can walk through life without having a testimony of what great depths of sin you went into. Because, because God sent his word and he will heal you and he will deliver you from those things against you that are destructive. God is for you. Are you hearing me? God is for you, not against you. He, he's... This world is trying to drag you to a moral bottom. This world tries to drag you to, to be like them, to, to express the things that they express. And, and, if, and if you go out into this world and you start talking about things that you believe, you'll find out that you're not of this world. You know that. 
You don't believe like they believe. And when you get into college classes, you'll find out that those instructors up there, those, those professors in, in some of the courses, like the social courses, like psychology and philosophy, you'll find out that they don't believe the what you believe either. When you get into physics, you'll find out they don't believe what you believe either. Because they don't believe that God created the heavens and the earth. They believe in a big bang. Well, I got news for you. I believe in a big bang too. I think when Jesus said, let there be, I think there was a huge bang. When all the planets and the orbits begin to come to pass in, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye because Jesus stood up out on nothing and said, let there be at the, at the will of the Father. The Father said, let there be, and, the, Holy, and the, the Son said, let there be, and the Holy Spirit put it into action. And I guarantee you that whenever the, whenever the earth and, and all the planets begin to form, I say begin, whenever they suddenly shot forth, I guarantee you there was a big bang. Now, I don't believe it the same way they believe it. They believe some kind of molten something began to spin around and just some kind of something went on and for the next 100,000 million years, planets formed. And I'm going to tell you, that wasn't 100 million years. It was a moment. It was a moment as Jesus said, let there be. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Everything made was made by Him. And nothing was made without Him. Ooh, my God. My God. But if you get caught up in that mess, you can get caught up in that world. And if you do, you can still cry unto the Lord in your trouble and he will save you out of all your distresses. Lastly tonight, oh, that men would sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare him with rejoicing. Number 23 says this, and I'm not going to go through all 48 of them, maybe. The 23 says, they that go down to the business, to the sea and ships and do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and do wonders in the deep. And he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted, is in trouble. These ships reel, reel to and fro and staggered like a drunken man. And they are at their wits end. Have you ever had your ship? Have you ever had your ship? reel to and fro and stagger like a drunk man. I think one of the most amazing stories of this that always comes to mind when I read this chapter is whenever Jesus told the disciples that they were going to the other side. And the Bible says that he went and found him a nice spot with a pillow and he went to sleep. And they got out in the middle of that water, that Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden the wind began to blow, and that ship began to raise up and go down, and it was tossed and turned to the point that these seasoned fishermen woke Jesus up and said, Don't you care that we perish? Have you ever been in a point that you just thought your dreams were going to perish? Have you ever been in a point, and I know you have because this morning the Lord talked about it, that you felt like that the promises that God had given you were not going to happen? That the very thing that God had told you wasn't going to come to pass? That, that the very thoughts of your mind and the very things that you had been praising God for, had suddenly that, that dream had suddenly become, become empty? Have you ever been to that point to where your ship was tossed and you felt like that you need to go wake Jesus up because he must be asleep on a pillow? What did he say when he woke up? Do you remember what he said? He said, why were you so fearful? Why were you so fearful? Now that word fear, that particular word, 
is only used three times in your Bible. One time it's used in Matthew for that story. One time it's used in Mark for that story. And the third time it shows up is in Revelation 21.8. When it says the fearful, the abominable, the whoremonger, the adulterer, and all ours shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. God didn't call us to be fearful just because our ship is rocking. God didn't call us to be fearful just because the ship is tossing. God didn't call us to be fearful, are you hearing me? Just because the situation's bad. God didn't call us to be fearful just because the economy breaks down. God didn't call us to be fearful just because our, 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 our car had a problem. God didn't call us to be fearful just because it looks like it, our, 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 our children are, are going astray. God didn't call us to be fearful because greater is he that's living in me than he that's in the world. And if I'll cry out to him at that particular time, the Bible says in verse 25 that he will command and raise the stormy wind and lift them up above. They shall mount up to heaven. They shall go down to the depths. Their soul melted. They reel to and fro. 28. And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses. And what did he do? He makes the storm calm so that the waves are still. He makes the storm calm so that the waves are still. And God will calm the storms in your life if you quit focusing on the storm. Let me say that again. God will calm the storm in your life if you'll quit focusing on the storm. If you'll quit telling me how hot it is, and I know it's hot, if you quit telling me how bad it is, quit telling, quit telling everybody about how difficult your life is, and stop telling everybody how hard your situation is, and begin to remember and give thanks unto the Lord. <laughs> For he is good. And his mercy endureth forever. And this storm will not endure forever. It may rock and roll your world right now, but there's going to come a day when Jesus is going to step out on the bow of your boat and he's going to say, peace be still. And he's going to lay down that wind and lay down those waves. And he'll take you across. In the book of John, after Jesus feeds 5,000, he goes across that lake again. The first time he went across to set a man free from a bunch of devils called Legion. <clears throat> and the people found out they would rather live with the devils than they would live, wanted to live with the one who set the devils free. They asked Jesus to get out of there. He scared them so bad because he set those, that man free of, de of demonic spirits. He scared them so bad that they decided they didn't want no, nothing to do with him. They couldn't understand him. They couldn't understand how anybody could do that. And they'd rather live with the devils than they would with him. So they sent him away. But he left the demonic man there, remember? They left him there. And he became an evangelist. And he began to preach. And so sometimes later, Jesus decided he would go back to the other side again. And there once again, he had fed the 5,000. They wanted to make him king. Jesus had told the disciples, go get in the boat and go to the other side and I'll meet you. You remember this? He went up in a mountain to pray. And they went out there and they were making an eight-mile trip. They tried for seven hours and they only made two miles across that sea. They were struggling against the wind, the rain, the storm, everything else. And they looked up and they saw a ghost walking up on the water. Do y'all remember this story? They saw Jesus coming across the water. And the Bible says in the book of Mark that he would have passed them by. Why would he have passed them by? Because they said he was a ghost. 
They were afraid of him. So Jesus says, if you want to be that way, just tow, keep rowing. I'm going to the other side, but you keep rowing. He would have passed them by. But somebody realized it was Jesus, and they said, it's Jesus. And they began to call for Jesus. Now, they were two miles across that lake in a six-mile trip. The Bible says in the book of John that whenever they got into that, when Jesus got into a boat, it says, and immediately they were at the other side. I think I would have said amen there. I'd have risked one right there. I would have risked one right there. I'd have, I'd have said, you know what, that might have been a good time to say amen. I think I'd say it. I think I would go ahead and risk one right there. Hallelujah. Because immediately they were at the other side. You say, what? I don't, I don't, I'm not following you. What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. You may feel like you're not making any headway, and you may not be. You may feel like you're not going anywhere, and you may not be. You may feel like your business is falling apart, and it might be. You may feel like your family's in danger, and it might be. You may feel like your kids are walking away, and it might be. You may feel like you're going into bankruptcy, and you might be headed that way, and you might be going into a really bad situation, and everything that everybody's told you is true may look like it's actually true, but if you can get Jesus in the boat... <laughs> if you can, my God, my God, if you can get him, I don't, I don't know how you're sitting down. If you, if you can get Jesus in that boat, if you can get Jesus in that situation, if you can, if you can not run from him, but say, oh Lord, get into my boat, hallelujah, you may find that instead of you having to make a six-mile trek in the rest of that storm, you may find out when he gets in that boat, then suddenly, immediately, you've made it to the other side. Suddenly, immediately, your prayer is answered. Suddenly, immediately, your power is quenched. Suddenly, immediately, God begins to give you the joy and the peace of the Lord. My God, my God. Isn't that what we're, that's, that's what I'm looking for. When I'm in a dry place, when I'm in a hard place, when I'm in a situation where it seems like all of hell has been released in my mind, when I'm at that spot, <laughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. Then I'm looking for Jesus to get in my boat. Because if he gets in my boat, then suddenly my situation changes. Do we got another one here? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assemblies of the elders. And I think that's you tonight. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Oh, that we would worship him. Oh, that we would give him everything we've got in praise and in worship and in thanksgiving and not spend our time complaining and, and bellyaching and, and giving more glory to the devil. You know, this morning I came in and I must have had a funny look on my face. I don't remember if Sarah started the conversation or if I started that, I don't remember. But I remember telling her that I had a little bit of anxiety this morning. Just a little bit of, of, of nervousness and just, uh, I don't know, a little bit of, I don't know what. And, and she said something about, they talked about that in class and and, uh, you know, sometimes the enemy comes against our mind. And I said, well, I'm not giving the devil any credit for this because he didn't do this. I'm doing this to me. I know I'm doing it to me. I know that I'm getting myself worked up about situations that if I would just lay them at the feet of Christ, it wouldn't be a big deal. But because I won't, because I won't, and that may surprise you, 
Wow, I'm human. Mm, I hate to tell you that. But sometimes I won't lay them down. Sometimes I just know that, that I can work this out. Sometimes I feel like that I should be better than this. Sometimes I, I continue to carry them. But this morning I, I preached to myself and I heard the Lord talking about laying things at his feet and, and praising him and realizing that he was in control. And if he said it, then he was going to make it come to pass. And all, all he asked me to do is to praise him. All he asked me to do is let the redeemed of the Lord say so. All he asked me to do is to confess what he has given me to confess and to quit giving glory to the storm and the waves and the wind and to start praising the one who controls the waves and the winds. I sent an email to our governor this week. I hadn't got one back. But I sent one to him. And I said, Governor Abbott, I think it would be a really good idea if you would pick three major cities in Texas and you would organize prayer meetings and ask the Lord to break the drought and ask the Lord to, to cause the rain to fall and the temperatures to fall, I said, aren't you tired of being at the mercy of the wind and rain? Why don't we call on the one who controls the wind and rain and see if he won't have mercy on us? And that's what that whole thing I just read you was about. Either letting the circumstances control you or you control the circumstances. Either allow the wind and the rain to blow your boat around or to give praise to the one that's controlling the wind and rain. To allow, the, to allow the, your own mind and your own transgressions to put you on the bottom or to speak to the one that can break the, the, the bars of brass and cut the bars of iron asunder. Allowing yourself to either be taken wherever you can go or calling out to the one that can change your situation. And that's what I'm preaching to you about tonight. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Stand with me for a moment if you would. Veronica, can I get you to come play up here for just a moment? Because I want to end this like this tonight. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, we prayed about this this morning. We, we did. We prayed about it this morning. And we're just going to do this for just a moment tonight, and then we're going to go home. Because I don't feel like we need a big drawn, long, drawn out thing tonight. But I, I just want to, if you came down this morning, and, and you were praying and asking the Lord about a situation, and I, this situation may not have changed today, but, but here's what I want you to do. I, I, I want you to take just a moment tonight before we dismiss. And I want you to do just what this psalm has said. And that is, instead of giving praise to the situation, I want you to give praise to the one who controls the situation. <laughs> instead of worrying about how the situation... My God. I sure am glad I'm Pentecostal. I sure do love the Holy Spirit. My God. My God, my God. Tonight, for just a moment, if you want to, and if you, don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Nobody's forcing you. But if you came down this morning to pray about a situation, and if you want to, I'd like for you to come back tonight and just for just a few minutes to stand down here in the front and to praise God for the answer to the situation.
Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mercy and his wonderful goodness to men. For God is good. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So tonight, while Veronica prays for just pl praise, plays for just a moment, if you want to come down here and just say, God, I came down here this morning with a situation, and I'm coming down here tonight to praise you that you are the God of the situation. If you'd like to do that, then leave your seat. Come down here for just a moment. We're not going to be down here long unless the Holy Spirit breaks out. We're just going to be here for a minute. And I just want you to come down here as she plays and just begin to say, God, I came down here this morning about a situation, and now I'm coming down here tonight to praise you because you're in control of the situation. <laughs> You've spoken, peace be still, <laughs> and caused the wind and the rain to cease. My God, my God, just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him. If you're in your seat, then just lift your hands this way, and let's just worship God for a minute. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God. Lord, that this morning, God, we came down here with situations. But tonight, oh God, we're coming down here, Lord God, saying that we are serve one who's greater than the situation, God. No matter what the situation is, oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his excellent greatness to, the, to men, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. For you feel the hungry soul. Oh God. You provide, provide water to the thirsty soul, God. You cut the gates of brass and sunder. Lord God, you break addictions, Father God. You bring us out of prisons, oh God, of religion. Oh God, you bring us out of religion, oh God. You bring us out of prisons, oh God, of bad theology, God. You bring us out of prisons, Almighty God. And I pray in Jesus' name, God, and I would worship you tonight, God, that, Lord, you have broken, oh God. God, God, you've broken some dry spells in this place tonight, God. Lord, you've caused the rain of God to fall in some souls tonight, God. Lord, I know, oh God, that you broke someone's addiction tonight, God. You broke their gates of brass, oh God, and you cut their bars asunder, and you brought them out of that prison that they were in, God, that they don't have to be in it anymore, my God. Lord, when you open the door of the prison, God, help us to walk out of it in praise and glory and honor unto you, O God. Father, we glorify you that you've set me free, God. You've set me free, God. You've set me free, God. You've set me free from all the laws of sin and death. You've set me free, O God, to worship you and to know you. God, and we glorify you tonight, God, and praise you, God. Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so tonight. Let the redeemed worship God tonight. Let the redeemed glorify God tonight. Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. My God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. No longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Yes. <laughs> God, thank you for camp meeting in our souls, God. Thank you for direction. Thank you for glory and honor and power. Thank you for your anointing, God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to God, Lord, that our teenagers, Father God, can walk through this world, oh God, as Christians and don't have to be blown around by every foolishness around them, Almighty God. 
but you could put iron in their soul, oh God, and steel in their backbone, God, and they could walk through in power and anointing, Lord God, knowing the author and the finisher of their faith, oh God. My God, my God, thank you that you called them to be mighty and to do exploits, oh God. Caused them to be mighty and to do exploits, almighty God. My Father God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God, glory to God. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Oh, God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. 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 that men would praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. situation changes. This is the week that your miracle begins to come to pass. This is the week that the storms that are rocking your boat begin to lay down flat. <laughs> and it began tonight. It began tonight. If you keep a planner or if you keep a calendar, if you keep something of your, of your life, if you keep a journal, then tonight I want you to go home and I want you to write down on your calendar, it began tonight. It changed tonight. If you journal, then I want you to write in your journal, I feel like that tonight things are going to begin. I, I journal and in the morning that's what I'm going to write. Whenever I write a journal, I, I keep a journal. And in the morning in my journal, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write, I feel like that God began to change some things last night. That season of trial, that season of trouble, that season of, of weakness, that season of frustration, that season of anxiety, that season of, 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 of trying, of breaking of my faith is over in my life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Write it down. Put it in a book so that you can look about it, back at it a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, and say that's the day that it began to change because that's what God's doing in your midst tonight. He's changing your situation. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Can you say amen tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your blessings. Thank you, God, for your power. Thank you, God, for your anointing. <laughs> God, thank you that tomorrow, Lord God, is a different day, God. Lord God, for the season of trial and trouble has come to an end, oh God. And Father God, the season of sowing, harvesting, and reaping, oh God, is even at hand. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God, that the reaper, Lord God, will be overtaken by the sower. Lord God, and the treader of grapes won't be able to keep up with the volume of grapes. Lord God, in the harvest, oh God, Father God, will ripen faster, oh God, than we can get it gathered up. Thank you, O oh God, that the season of drought and trouble is over. You have tempered their personality to where it's a different day, God. Pray, Almighty God, for our businessmen, O oh God, to be overrun, Lord God. Overrun, O oh God, with blessings and with anointing, Lord God, and with favor in everything they do. God, I pray, Almighty God, that our retirees, Lord God, that they would, they would find handfuls of purpose, O oh God, given to them, O oh God to not only meet their needs, O oh God, but to put bounty in their hands, my Father God. I pray, Almighty God, that your glory would cover our lives, O oh God, and that you would surround us with the power and the anointing, God. Father God, I pray tonight, Lord God, that there would be some in this congregation, Lord God, that you would awaken in the night season and they would be too excited to even sleep. <laughs> and may I be one of them, God, <laughs> because of the greatness of the glory of the power of the Most High. I believe you, Lord. I receive you, Lord. And I bless you, Lord, from the bottom of my heart. Pray and ask these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, we pray. Amen. Amen. Expect a great week this week. Expect a bountiful week this week. Expect a win Friday night. Zach, Sam, expect a win Friday night. Praise God. <laughs>